0: Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From KMOX Sports. The young swings and it's a high fly ball. Millikens win! Millikens win! This is Sports Open Line. It's a grand slam! Touchdown! Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX.
1: A good Monday to you. Welcome into the program. A very short show today. I guess not a very short show is like when we do the five-minute versions in front of Cardinal baseball. A relatively short show, a pretty short show today as uh, we take you to about 645 or so, leading right into coverage of St. Louis University basketball. The Billikens, they are in action tonight. They are opening up their season. It is not an easy start to the season uh, for the Billikens. High expectations, but they are going to be tested right out of the gate this evening as they are going to host Murray State and our pregame coverage a little bit after 6 45 with Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. I've got you between now and then. We've got a lot to get to. We'll talk some Cardinals baseball here in just a moment as the Cardinals make an announcement on the coaching staff. We'll hear from St. Louis University women's soccer coach Katie Shields. Uh, Yesterday they win the A-10 championship. Today they find out where they're going to be dancing. They are a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, so we'll talk with Coach Shields. Speaking of the women's soccer selection show in the bracket, uh, other regional teams to get in there. Missouri State makes it into uh, the tournament. They're not going to have to travel too terribly far. They're going to have a matchup uh, against uh, Arkansas, so they'll just head a little bit south to Fayetteville for SLU. They are going to host Memphis in a matchup that's going to be coming up this Saturday. I'll talk to St. Louis Blues hockey. Blues back at tonight trying, just trying to find a way to get a victory. The losing streak, it is at 6 straight, and uh, they are going to play 5 of their next 6 away from St. Louis tonight. They are in Boston, for a game against the Bruins and we'll see if we have some time for some other uh, college basketball as well as uh, most of the area teams are opening up their seasons this evening. By the way, we started our parade of coaches on Friday as most of the area D1 men's basketball coaches uh, are joining us here uh, between last week and uh, this week. We'll take a day off from that today and we'll get back at it tomorrow. Uh, Dana Ford from Missouri State is scheduled to join us tomorrow and then Brad Corn from South Southeast Missouri, I believe it is, is scheduled to join us coming up on Wednesday, and we'll see what else we can get locked in uh, before all is said and done. I want to mention what we saw from the Cardinals as the coaching staff has been announced. And the big bit of news is Matt Holliday is returning to the organization, and he is going to serve as the bench coach. Uh, Dusty Blake is being promoted to pitching coach. Turner Ward is being promoted to hitting coach. Uh, Each of those individuals were... um, coaching those areas previously but as assistants and now they're going to uh, take the lead. Uh Brandon Allen has uh been uh, named as the assistant uh, hitting coach and there's been some other uh moves made there as well. But the big names Matt Holiday, Dusty Blake Turner Ward uh in their new roles. And I we see something in this and that's this this organization is clearly going completely all in on trying to utilize data, trying to utilize um, information as much as they possibly can. And we talked about this earlier today when I was on with, um, with Kevin and Amy on the show. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I always get frustrated when people blame analytics for things. Like, you, you should use the data. You should use uh, all the information that's out there. Is it what's going to guide you 100% of the time? No. And I don't think it does with the Cardinals, but you would would not be smart just to ignore data. So the Cardinals are continuing to get better and better and better, and they are an organization driven by that. And you look at the best organizations in baseball, and they are. Some spend a lot of money. Some don't spend a lot of money. But you look at the Dodgers. They absolutely are driven in that way. You look at a team like the Tampa Bay Rays. There's just all-around baseball. More teams than not are driven by analytics and use, use data to help them make decisions. There's nothing wrong with that. The one thing that they're doing that I disagree with a little bit, that what I, I would have liked to have seen a more veteran presence on the coaching staff. And that doesn't mean I'm right, and that doesn't mean that this group won't do a very good job. And I think bringing in Matt Holiday as a bench coach is something that obviously Oliver Marmer will already trust him. And when you're a bench coach, there's really two types of bench coaches you can bring in. You can bring in somebody who is just very, very close with the manager. So when that individual challenges the manager, it comes from a, a, a place of trust. Or you bring in somebody who's just got a ton of experience, who you really respect. So if they're going to disagree, if they're going to challenge decisions, really their, their reputation and their history precedes them, and you know where they are coming from in that. This is, a, this is a young coaching staff led by Oliver Marmel and with a lot of other younger types on the staff and that's what they're going with. And Matt, I will say this about Matt Holiday, I in many ways I would prefer to have somebody on a coaching staff coming from the college ranks than I would say from the minor league ranks because one of the things that college baseball has in fa- has in common with major league baseball that is not shared in minor league baseball is what the goal is on every day on an everyday basis. The goal on an everyday basis is to go win the game. That's the most important thing. Go win the game. That's not true in minor league baseball. In minor league baseball, winning and losing very often is secondary to player development. You make decisions sometimes that do not help a team win a game, but the organization believes that it does help you in player development. So if I was given a choice to bring in a bench coach who has either been spent just a lot of time in the minor leagues with very little major league experience or bring in somebody who has worked almost exclusively in college baseball, in many ways, the college baseball person is more equipped for it just in the sense of what their role is as a bench coach and their role is to help the team win games and help with strategy and things like that. The college game is more equivalent to that than the minor league game uh, to be sure. That's not Now, there's a lot of minor league managers who they, they manage in the minor leagues and then they get to the big leagues and uh, maybe they work as a bench coach or they work as a position coach and then eventually they become major league managers. I'm not saying being a minor league manager doesn't have value, but I'm saying that the managing a college game and managing a major league game are more similar to each other than managing a minor league game just because of what the priority is. And the priority at the minor leagues is not always winning. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Polly on air. What a great sports day we have today. Got the Cardinals conversation. The Blues are playing tonight. Tons and tons and tons of college basketball here on opening night across college basketball. We've got SLU basketball rolling your way in just a little bit. And the SLU women's soccer team, they are a 2 seed in the NCAA tournament. Their coach, Katie Shields, she joins us after this break. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Yeah, we're about 25 minutes out from our coverage of St. Louis University Billikens basketball. They've got a tough one tonight as they open up their season, and they will do so against Murray State. The non-conference schedule for SLU, it is absolutely loaded, and teams do that when they know they're good. Teams do that when they want to put together a tournament resume, a tournament profile in the non-conference Murray State, Memphis, Maryland, uh, Miami, or Providence also in that tournament going to Auburn uh, at home against uh, a good Southern Illinois team. They've got some good teams that they're going to match up against uh, in the non-conference, and no easing into the schedule. It all starts tonight with uh, Murray State again. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr., they've got the call of the game. Coverage begins just after 645, and tip-off from Chaffetz Arena will uh, take place at 7 o'clock. The NCAA Women's Soccer Selection Show held today, the St. Louis University women's soccer team, they are on absolute fire right now. They have won their last five games by a combined 14-0 score. They win the A-10 championship easily, uh, knocking off Dayton yesterday by a 4 nothing score. I keep thinking, like, yesterday was Sunday. For some reason, yeah, Sunday feels like days ago, but it did happen yesterday uh, that they matched up against uh, Dayton and got the win uh, for nothing. and then the selection show being held today, and uh, they are a two-seed, and they are going to host Memphis in a game that's going to be coming up Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock, at Herman Stadium. With that, we're very happy to welcome on to the program, she is the head coach of the St. Louis University uh, women's soccer team. She joins us right now on the Quiver River guest line as is Coach Katie Shields. Coach, thanks so much for your time. I would ask you how you're doing, but it's a safe assumption that you're doing pretty good.
2: I'm doing fantastic. Uh, just got out of the selection show and, and excited that we get some home games at Herman Stadium here. So
1: take me through today. Like, what's that? What that was like the the selection show environment? Just everything that was going on over the last couple hours.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a, one of the best days of the year. Obviously, uh, we knew we were in, um, so it was a matter of who, when, and where. Um, so today, just Maybe a little bit of speculation but also kinda of doing some preparation um for for the week ahead of training and, and schedule and then just selection shows three, get the team all together and just waiting to see again when your name comes up. We knew we were probably on that border of a two or three seed nationally. Um and so to get the two seed is it's tremendous because again it, it guarantees some home games, um, not just in the first round, but if we continue to win in the later round. So excitement is something that's unprecedented in our program to be a two seed and to host um, host those tournament games.
1: Can you talk to just how well your team is playing? What is it? I think it's fourteen nothing over the last five games is the is the combined score. I mean, that's that's incredible, obviously, what your team's doing right now.
2: It is. I mean, we've we've hit. We're hitting our stride at the right time. We've been playing pretty well all season, but I think, um, you know, we're scoring goals all different ways, all different players. We're not. We're getting very hard to score on. Um, you know, defensively, we're really a, a pretty tight, sharp group right now. Um, and so, it's a. We have a very mature team, an experienced team. Everybody, but our our freshmen, have played in the NCAA tournament. They've won championships. So. As they say, this is the best part of the season. Um, and, and again, we're trying to play our best soccer in, over these next few weeks.
1: Do you want to rewind a little bit and go back to the conference championship? You, you wrap that up with a win against Dayton on Sunday. You win that one uh, by a 4 nothing score. I heard the crowd was uh, was pretty good, and it seems like the crowd and the support has has been growing as the season has moved along. So kind of taking what you saw with that game against Dayton, what kind of uh, momentum and what, kind, what can that give you, especially uh, as you go into the NCAA? tournament
2: oh it was a tremendous day I mean, it was a beautiful day we had about 2,900 people um at herman stadium a terrific crowd and then obviously to post a 4 nothing win against a top 50 opponent uh, on that that championship sunday um again yeah it does it just propels us gives us the momentum heading into uh saturday's home game against memphis
1: so as the year has gone along like i've sensed that maybe there's been a feeling at times that the rankings have not given due to how good your program is but you mentioned the fact that you felt like maybe you were on that that two three line the fact that the ncaa gives you that two seed does that justify even more you've been ranked as high as number five in some of these rankings this year does that tell you that the ncaa certainly views your team the right way
2: yes and no I you know I think we've earned the two seed to be on that two line they obviously gave it to us but I, I do believe they actually gave us a very challenging first round opponent in Memphis um when you look across the board it's I, I have a hard time believing Memphis is the 57th best team in the field mm-hmm. uh based on their their history and what they've done this year so I still think there is a lot for us to prove as a program um you know across the across the board nationally but the only way you prove it is to play the best teams and and win so a great opportunity ahead for us
1: so if i was in your spot i think i would have spent every waking moment since the the game ended on sunday like just staring at a bracket and thinking and looking at you know ratings of all the teams and going who who am i going to play where's my seed going to be like were you were were those thoughts going through your head over the last couple days
2: yeah, I think, you know, as a staff, we obviously talk about it and there's all kinds of predictions out there. Um, I will say Memphis was not a team we had considered. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we thought we, you know, SIUE, the local is in. Um, we thought that, that might be a great rivalry game in the first round, but we also knew it was out of our hands. It was up to the committee. And so we just wanted to kind of focus on the things we can control and prepare for and then. You know, once we knew our knew our fate, we we prepare for that. But, uh, yeah, Memphis was a bit of a surprise. A new opponent. Um, have not played them in my tenure at SLU. So, uh, again, a great opportunity and to do it at home.
1: What does it look like now? You've got about a week or so until this matchup against them, and obviously you'll be going to school on them.
2: We will. I mean, we'll dig in. Uh, already started a little bit this afternoon. We'll prepare our team. But, the hallmark of us is we just want to be the best version of ourselves. So we'll recover a, a little bit more from Sunday's matchup and then we'll, we'll hit the training and uh, get ourselves kind of firing on all cinder, cylinders to be the best version of ourselves come Saturday. I-
1: I don't. I'm not asking this question in the sense of you looking past Memphis. That's not it. But obviously, a bracket is a bracket. So you look at it and you start looking at the other teams that could be uh, your next couple opponents. And um, you know, Mississippi State, and New Mexico State, uh, the winner of, of your game against Memphis will play them. Uh, Ohio State's on that side of the bracket. Arkansas is there. Missouri State, another regional team, is in there as well. How do you kind of evaluate it? What have been your thoughts as you've looked at that bracket?
2: Yeah, I think it's exciting. You know, I think uh, we've played a couple of those teams in Missouri State and Arkansas and gotten positive results. So, you know, I think Mississippi State, New Mexico State will kind of be that next matchup um, if we're able to beat Memphis. So I think it's a it's a great run, and obviously you have the defending champs sitting there um, should we advance to the Elite Eight. Um, again, a great opportunity that this team has put themselves in the position to to play the best of the best. And uh not just not just be happy to be there, but win these games.
1: So no, uh, this Saturday it's going to be what, is it a one o'clock start. It's a that... one o'clock
2: start. Yeah. Yep.
1: So hopefully a lot of people get out there and support you guys.
2: We hope so as well. It'd be a fun fun afternoon of Billiken soccer.
1: Yeah, awesome, Coach. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations uh, on getting in, being a two seed. Just what what has been a, an absolutely fantastic season, and uh, hopefully we can continue to uh, chat with you here over the next few weeks.
2: Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate having me.
1: Coach Katie Shields joining us here on the program and we appreciate her taking uh, some time. Selection show today about 3,000 people in attendance yesterday for the 4-0 win against Dayton and now they're going to match up against Memphis. I didn't realize it. She mentioned it in our conversation Uh, I didn't realize that it's a program that they don't really have much of a history with. You think about schools that are in the region and Memphis is in the region you think that at some point uh, they'd schedule each other. That really hasn't happened so there's not a lot of familiarity there with uh, Memphis. And uh, that's who they're going to match up against coming up on Saturday. And it certainly is going to be fun to see. Lots of uh, stuff to talk about with SLU. SLU basketball, men's basketball. They are in action this evening. We will have the broadcast for you as uh, that's going to get started uh, a little bit more than 15 minutes. Bob Ramsey, Earl Aston Jr. have the call of the game as they match up against Murray State. We'll talk a little more college basketball, talk some St. Louis Blues hockey, and we'll wrap things up. We'll do it next. It's Sports Open Line,
0: Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions supply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. Oh, this is Sports Open Live. Win. On America's Sports Voice. Watch down, Kansas City. KMOX.
1: We do continue on with the program here on KMOX as we are taking you till uh, we'll be done in about uh, 12 minutes or so as we'll make way for St. Louis University basketball. The Billikens are in action tonight. They open up their season, and they do not have an easy start to the year as they are going to match up against Murray State. It's a big night for uh, college basketball all the way around. Uh, Illinois, they are ranked number 23 in the nation. They are at home tonight as they are taking on uh, Eastern Illinois. Uh, Missouri, they are in action tonight, taking on uh, Southern Indiana. Is uh, Lindenwood plays tonight. They match up against Dayton, SIU, Edwardsville. They are going to uh, take on Harris Stowe. Southern Illinois is in action uh, this evening tonight, as well as they are at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, Almost every team in college basketball is opening up their season tonight uh, for Southern Illinois. They're at home against Little Rock. That game's going to get started here in about a half hour. Um, we'll have tomorrow uh, Dana Ford on, the head coach of Missouri State men's basketball, as we go through our parade of coaches. Uh, Missouri State, they're one of the few teams not opening tonight. In fact, they are not going to play their first game until Wednesday evening when they are going to match up against Missouri S&T. St. Louis Blues hockey, they are in action as we speak. They are about halfway through the first period. There is no score between the Blues and the Bruins as uh, the Blues are trying to Uh, Just avoid another loss. Also avoid um, tying a franchise record for most consecutive regulation uh, losses. They have lost six straight in regulation. Last time they played was on Thursday when they fell to the Islanders by a 5-2 score. And uh, reading from, uh, this was put together, make sure I give credit where credit is uh, deserved. Jim Thomas from the uh, Post-Dispatch went through some of the other losing streaks uh, that the Blues have had. The 05-06 Blues lost seven straight in regulation, uh, shut out twice during uh, that stretch, um, and that is the uh, record that they are trying to avoid tying. Uh, Also, the 88-89 Blues lost uh, seven straight, and the 67-68 Blues did that uh, in November. So it's happened a few times in franchise history, and I'm sure it's a number that this version of the Blues would uh, certainly rather uh, not get to wanted to mention this really quickly. Um, I, we, if you were listening to the Dave Glover show today, I pop in with the DGS uh, most days just to talk about things And I'll be honest with you so like one of my one of my pet peeves, Is when people talk about things that they don't have all the information on and they don't know everything on and I try to avoid that I try to be confident enough in myself that if I don't have all the information on something I just say I I don't know like I think there's I think it's better to say you don't know than it is to uh, try to kind of fake your way through it. So, there's this story out about Mitchell Miller, and he is the player who the Bruins signed and then rescinded the contract uh, as a result of bullying, some like really bad uh, bullying that had uh, ra- you know, racism connected to it. It's a, it's a horrible story. I'm going to be honest with you. I knew about it. Um, I clicked the story to like read it, and I started it and i i couldn't read it like it was just i didn't want to read it i didn't want to hear about it it's it's something that i didn't want in my in my world so like i have a 3 year old daughter and she'll she'll come home from school and she'll tell me that some kid like tried to steal Her water bottle or something, which is obviously not a big deal. And I go into like super protective dad mode. I want to know who this kid is. I want to know who the parents are. What did the teacher do about it? Like, that's what I'm doing. And I'm sitting there trying to like, uh, settle myself down. So that's where I'm at with all this. I don't want to hear about bullying. That happening is not something I like. Um, it's just, it, it, it hits a nerve with me. So I started reading this and I stopped. I, I knew the story. I knew the basic gist of the story. I knew that there was a really, really ugly situation involved with a player that the Bruins had signed and rescinded the contract. Um, I didn't know all the details. I talked about it today a little bit with uh, Dave Glover. I should have just said what I just said to you. Um, I didn't realize that it went through an eight-year period. Uh, and I, I there was actually some phone calls to the Dave Glover show, I found out, uh, you know, expressing some di- disappointment and some things that I said and you know quite honestly rightfully so. I did not realize that this abuse, this bullying, the these racist horrible things that this hockey player did as a younger player went for that long of amount of time. I made a reference with uh, with Dave saying, you know, you don't want to be judged on your worst moment. Well, this wasn't a worst moment for this kid Miller. This was this was eight years. And I guess the question that then, that then presents, and I, I don't completely know where I land on this one. The question that then presents is because I'm I am somebody that I don't I don't want to be judged on my worst moment. Now. I don't, I don't think my worst moment is anywhere near anything that's in this article. But I know I, I don't want to be judged on my worst moment. I shouldn't be judged on my best moment either. I don't think any of us w- will. So a lot of times when there's, when there's controversies, when people are losing jobs, when people are uh, losing positions for a bad decision they make, I always keep that in the back of my mind. I would not want to be judged by my worst moment. This is not a worst moment situation. This is eight years of abuse. And this guy, this hockey player, um, was Mitchell Miller is his name. He's 20 years old, fourth-round pick by the Coyotes in 2020. His draft rights were relinquished when a story was published about he and another middle school classmate were convicted in juvenile court of assaulting and bullying an, African, an African-American classmate with developmental disabilities. I won't go any further than that on the story. It's horrible. It's atrocious. It's eight years. Um, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL has, has gone on the record as saying, I can't tell you that he'll ever be eligible to come into the NHL. To me, this guy's never going to play. This guy is, is never going to play. And, that's okay there's nothing wrong with that like I don't think this is a case of non-forgiveness I don't think this is a case of taking one instance one thing that somebody did as a kid and and blaming them for a long time I'm not a hundred percent sure when so the juvenile court uh was in 2016 he was drafted in 2020 so that was four years later uh you know we're still judging him on things where he's still, He's still losing opportunities based off some things that he was doing when he was technically a kid. But how does this go on for this long? How does it go on uh, for this long? And the, the, the player, the individual, has never really apologized for it either. Uh, not, not a real apology and has certainly bounced around and uh, has not seemingly uh, taken responsibility for his actions. I don't know if he does, if, if he has a heartfelt apology, if, if some, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's any route, uh, anything he could have done differently after what happened in 2016 for him eventually to find his way to a place where the world of hockey could accept him. But it's not this. It certainly is not this. So uh, I, I educated myself a little bit more on this store. And this this stuff just scares me. As a, as a dad, this just scares the living you-know-what out of me that there are kids out there that do things to other kids just for absolutely no reason, and I don't, I don't like seeing it. I don't like learning about it. It's not something that, uh, that I want to know about, but there it is, and it's in the world that we live in, and sometimes we have to deal with it. Uh, just a quick update on the blues, and it's not a good update. There's four minutes and 45 seconds to go in the first period, and Boston has a one nothing lead as they just scored a couple moments ago. Blues just got a good look at the net, but they don't score. That has been the story of the St. Louis Blues, and it's that double-edged sword. The, the one side of it that says, well, at least you're getting the scoring opportunities, but the other side of it is you're getting these scoring opportunities, and you're doing absolutely nothing with them. And that's seemingly what's going on right now uh, with the Blues as they're skating on a four and four. They just got another pretty good look at the net. It wasn't one of those great A top type opportunities, but it was a clean look at the net, and uh, they, they don't do much with it. So we'll see what they can do before all is said and done uh, this evening. But they are down right now, one nothing, trying to avoid a seven game losing streak. All seven games have been lost uh, in regulation, and all seven games have also been lost by multiple goals. That's the other side of this. That's they don't have any one goal losses. They've got They've got one two goal loss. They had a three1 loss to uh, the Oilers. That was the second loss. And every other game they've lost by three or more goals. So it's not good, it's not good three and a half minutes to go in the first period and uh, yeah we'll keep you updated on that of course we do have St. Louis University Billikens basketball tonight Uh, we're going to get out of here in about a minute Uh, SLU is in action as they are going to match up against Murray State and uh, the other SLU news of the day from earlier today if you missed it the St. Louis University women's soccer team they are headed to the NCAA tournament they are a two seed in the tournament and they are going to match up against Memphis in a game that's going to be at one o'clock this Saturday Uh, by the the St. Louis University women's basketball team. They opened up their season uh, this afternoon, actually this morning, in Terre Haute against Indiana State. And uh, they played tough, uh, but they end up losing that game by two, 64 62. They're going to be back at it coming up on Friday night against SIUE. And you know what? We'll have that broadcast for you right here as we've got a number of uh, St. Louis University women's basketball games as well here on the KMOX Airwaves. But up next, it is St. Louis University men's basketball slew matching up against Murray State. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr., they've got the call of the game. It's coming up in just a moment here on KMOX.